Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God, and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. This morning, I just want to say before we start, and I'm just getting myself organised here, I love it when Holy Spirit confirms what he wants to say. So I want to say a couple of things first up. If you find you're hearing the same thing throughout the service, understand that it is the confirmation of Holy Spirit. So Sam had chosen his worship songs this morning before he knew what I was going to speak about. Kelly does not know the content of my message. And what we're going to be talking about this morning is forgiveness. And we're going to unpack that this morning. Who remembers when we started the Lord's Prayer? Some people remember. It's quite a while ago now. So it's been quite a break. And that's another story between that message and this one. But I want to pick that up this morning because I feel that God wants to encourage us this morning and just open our hearts and help us to see this issue of forgiveness, which can be a very painful issue for some people, but I hope that what I feel he wants us to look at this morning will be helpful to you. So can we do that? All right. So how many know that God's story and our stories are completely entwined? Okay, we can't live without God. God is the one who reached out to us. So I know that when my late husband and myself found Jesus, it was quite an amazing journey to understand or start to understand because I think it takes a lifetime the goodness of God and the forgiveness of God and what that means in our own lives and in the lives of others. And of course, as disciples of Jesus, I'll say this right up front, we are expected to forgive others. And what I want to explore this morning is I want you to see it as a gift that God has given us, and that is the power to forgive others. Now, we are empowered by God to do that, of course, but he has uh, given us the power. We have that uh, ability to make that decision. So let's keep our focus on Jesus this morning. Can we do that? And uh, just keep our eyes on Holy Spirit as he shows us why this is such a great gift. And just while I'm here, a big warm welcome to those who are with us this morning for the first time. Big warm welcome to those watching online. It is great that we have our online services. I think it's uh, an amazing thing that we can do now. But it's always good to be in the room as well. I just want to say that, not having been in the room myself for a little while, it is great to be here and great to be in the room because there is something about that. But sometimes that's not possible. So this morning it's entitled The Power to Forgive. I think we have the first slide there, guys. And um, we're going to be delving into this in the time that we have and I'm going to pray because I'm going to need the help of the Lord to do this. So, Lord, I just pray that by your spirit, Lord, you will lead us and guide us this morning, Lord, that every word I speak, Lord, would come from you, Lord, and it be a word of your spirit, Lord, that uh, what we hear, Lord, is your voice, Lord, and your truth. And I ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. I was praying during the week and uh, just you know, before the Lord on a few things and I felt the Lord talking to me about being a servant of the Lord. And I think this helps us even in what we're going to talk about this morning. Yes, we are empowered to do many things and we're called to do many things. 
but we really are the servants of the Lord too because we're called to serve him. And the topic we have this morning, I think, ties in with serving him because we serve him by representing him and by doing his will. Is that good to start with? Okay. So it's so easy, isn't it, to find ourselves in a situation where we are tempted to become offended by everyone. It's a common human experience. We all experience it. That could be someone very close to us. It could be a family member, maybe on the roads. I don't know how many people experience what I have experienced on the roads. I'm sure you all do, and that can be quite difficult. But just to begin with, what the Bible says about the times in which we live today, the Bible says they are perilous. And I think we know that. 2 Timothy verse 3 says this, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. We do know that we are in the last days before the return of Christ. That's well and truly understood. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, right in the middle of that, slanderers without self-control, brutal and despisers of despises of good. We know that's there in the world around us. But it's interesting that unforgiving is in there and that's what I want to focus on this morning. So to forgive others can be countercultural in our broader culture, just as it was, just as the kingdom of God is actually countercultural. We know that. In these last days, I feel that it is essential for us to protect ourselves from the influences of the spirit of the world because it is all around us. And if we're not careful, that can begin to influence and we can just start to shift a few degrees off the truth. We can start to accept things around us that we know are not of God. How do we do it? Well, one way is by immersing ourselves in the Word of God and living in the love of God. And I think that love of God is so key in this whole area. So when we're able to live from the place of God's love and acceptance, we're actually living close to the heart of God, the one who knows all things, who sees all things and has the answer to all things. So forgiveness brings us back to the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verses 6 to 12. I know you know it, but I'm just going to read it to you. Jesus, in teaching us how to pray, teaching his disciples how to pray, said this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And I'll leave it there for this morning, because... We're going to pick up that verse 12, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So the more that I study, and I've had quite a long time to do this now, meditate on and pray this prayer, even though we don't need to pray it as a formula, I see there's a big picture here that it's possible for us to overlook. There's a big message in how Jesus taught us to pray. And I've been asking myself these questions, and maybe you've asked yourself these questions too. First one why is forgiveness so important that Jesus included it in his prayer? Have you ever asked yourself that? I've been asking myself that question. Why is it so important that Jesus teaches forgiveness as a daily part of our prayer lives? Because that's really what he's saying here. And why is it that Jesus teaches us to pray prayers of forgiveness to our Father in heaven? Why? Well, I've concluded this. I'll share what I have concluded. I'm not saying that this is anything other than my conclusion from reflection and studying it. I've concluded this. It keeps us in a place of humility before our Father in heaven and it reminds us of our need of him every day. It reminds us that we belong to him. 
It also reminds us that we are accountable to him for how we live our daily lives. And I think that's what Jesus was trying to say here. So Jesus, in teaching about forgiveness, said, forgive us our debts as we forgive us our debts as we forgive the debts of others. Essentially, that's what he's saying. So I feel that there's four angles uh, to look at this morning to help us, angles or perspectives that God wants us to see, to take hold of why forgiveness is so important to God and, of course, why it's so important to us. And the first one, I'll just uh, speak them out. There's love, death, forgiveness and restoration. Love, we're called to love one another as God loves us. Death, Jesus died for the sin of the whole world. Forgiveness is central in God's kingdom. I want to talk about that. And restoration, we are called to live as his restored people. So that's where we're going this morning. So first of all, love. It starts and ends with love. God's story and our story starts and ends with love. It is a love story. It's a love story from the beginning to the end of the Bible. As God's plans for redemption of what he lost in the Garden of Eden are outworked. That's why it's important to live immersed in the love of God. God reached out to us first. We know that, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We know that. God loves the whole world. God has offered his forgiveness to the whole world. We know that as well. The profound truth, this is the profound truth of the gospel, that God's forgiveness is available to all who choose his son, Jesus Christ. All who choose his son. We are also called to love as disciples of Jesus, to love God and love others. And that's one of our core values here. It aligns with our core values. This includes, love includes being ready to forgive others, the ones to whom he has already offered his forgiveness, whether they have accepted Jesus yet or not. And that's the way to look at it. I know this can sound hard, and I don't mean to make light of some of the very painful experiences that I know many of you have been through. I don't mean to make light of that. Just simply pointing to God's love includes the power that we need to get over that and to get past that. We can let go of all the stuff, all the baggage, all the disappointments and all the pain and all the bitterness. That's great. We receive everything from God through faith and through faith we are able to make good choices. Stay with me. I know this sounds a bit hard, but just stay with me as we lead through and just let Holy Spirit lead you. So the second point is death. Jesus died for the sin of the whole world. We know that. Jesus had to die in our place. There was no other way. He fulfilled all the requirements of the Old Testament law. Hebrews 9.22 says this, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. We've just seen that in communion. So in the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer, Jesus used the word debt. And the Greek word for debt means debt. <laughs> it means exactly that. It means that our sin created a debt to God because the root of sin is rebellion against God. God's forgiveness releases us from that debt. How good is that? God's forgiveness releases us from that debt. But God also requires us to release others from what we may perceive as their debt to us. Remission there means pardon. It means deliverance. It means liberty. So the shedding of uh, Jesus' blood on the cross released us from the penalty of our debt to God. It's a great release. It's a wonderful thing to know. Jesus is the source of life, the source of truth, the victor over sin. And Jesus is a personification of God's offer of forgiveness to us and toward others. Stay with me. 
1 Corinthians 6.20, Paul tells us this, For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. That's the path that we're on as disciples. And it doesn't happen overnight. It happens as we grow as disciples of Christ. We grow into some of these areas. Our lives are no longer our own because Jesus, he's paid the price for us. He bought us with his own life. So we also have died to our old lives. Jesus died for us and we die to our old lives as we choose as disciples of Jesus to follow him. This means that our lives, we have a new purpose, to glorify God, which means that our lives reflect him. And your lives do reflect him. I want to encourage you this morning. They do reflect him. Each and every one, your lives do reflect God. Our lives point to him and our lives have the ultimate role model, God himself, as revealed in Jesus. I don't know whether you've noticed, but it's quite interesting that many of the formal tributes to the late Queen Elizabeth II mentioned her forgiveness. Did anyone notice that? I probably had a little bit more time to have a look at it, but many of the tributes, she was noted for the forgiveness that she showed in her life. It surely reminds us that our own lives are being watched by others at all times, doesn't it? We may not be a world leader, but we are leaders in the kingdom of God and people around us see how we live our lives. So how many know that relationships can be challenging? Especially sometimes the closest relationships can be the most challenging. Sometimes it feels like sandpaper as we're shaped and moulded <laughs> in the hands of the potter, our heavenly father. I've been moulded and shaped many times and I'm sure God's not finished with me yet. <laughs> so... To help us in difficult relational situations, there's a few questions we can ask ourselves, and I've had to ask myself this a number of times, so I'm simply sharing what I've had to ask. How much do value do we each have in the eyes of God? That's the first thing to look at. How valuable to God is every other person that you know or encounter? How then is a disciple of Jesus different? What shows on the outside? More importantly, what is the difference on the inside which God sees? So what does God's forgiveness of you look like to others in your life? Just reflective questions that I've had to ask myself many times. I don't know that I've got all the right answers yet. I'm not saying that I'm perfect or anything like that. Far from it. But this has been part of what the Lord has shown me. I'll share something that happened to me just over three years ago uh, in which the Lord showed me something. I came home from working in the church all day, so it was fairly close to dinner time to discover that my home had been broken into and burgled. And there was damage done as the burglars broke in and they took a lot of stuff. They took a lot of things that to me were important. They were gifts that had been given to me by family, by my late husband, a couple of rooms trashed, all the rest of it. So I had to ask myself, I went through a process of processing what had happened. And of course you have to deal with it, you know, you have to call the police and get the house secured, all of that. But the question that, that came to me was this. In this moment, what is more important? And it was like I was standing on the edge of eternity in that moment. In this moment, what was more important? My possessions, which I can't take with me when I leave this earth, or the souls of the burglars who don't know Jesus? And I knew in my heart that what was more important was their eternity. Nothing I could do about it other than pray and forgive, not hold it against them so it doesn't torment me. But I felt like I was standing on the edge of eternity just in that moment and I knew 
With every part of my being, I knew what was more important to God. I knew what was more. I'm not trying to sound super spiritual or anything like that. I'm simply sharing what that moment was like. Was I going to open the door and say, come back in? No way. I secured the house. You wouldn't believe it <laughs> as quickly as I could. Far more than it was. And, uh, but in that moment, that was like a, a just standing on the edge and just knowing what was more important in that moment. And look, we, you know, I'm sure many of you have stories as well in things that you have faced. I'm quite sure there's many stories in this room. But I just share that as uh, one of those times that are very important in your life. And sometimes they're life-changing because, you, you know, you change in that moment. So let's have a look at forgiveness now. What I want to say this morning is that forgiveness is central in God's kingdom. Central, absolutely central. I want you to know and see that it's central to our lives as disciples. It's not an add-on, an action or an afterthought. It's not an option, it's a mandate. And again, I don't mean to sound harsh for those who are, you know, who are suffering, who are, have been through some things that are really, you know, that some of us wouldn't understand but simply to encourage you that God is here to help us be free of the effects of those things. Is that good? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. So another way of expressing verse 12 is this. Forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who is indebted to us. So our forgiveness of others is important to God. Jesus is saying let go of everything that we feel is owed to us because of the offences that we carry towards others because of what we feel they have done to us or what actually has happened to us. Now, these things are heavy weights in our lives that are too heavy a burden for us to carry. But Jesus has made the way to carry those things. We can release those to him. Now, there's some extraordinary examples that we see in our community of forgiveness that do stand out in our culture. This is one that I found. Has anyone heard of I Forgive Day? Okay, this is a press release, and so I'm just going to read something from the media release. It's public knowledge, but I'm going to leave out names. But this is interesting, I thought. The families of four children who were tragically killed by a drunken drug driver are launching an annual Forgiveness Day with the support of the New South Wales government. Siblings and their cousin were killed in February, this is 2020, this year when an out-of-control ute mounted the footpath. The two families have taken an extraordinary step of forgiving the man behind the wheel as an important step in their grieving process. The families want I Forgive Day, and it's a full letter for, to be held every year on the anniversary of the deaths in memory of the children, and their website has the details. That's one example. That's an extraordinary example. I'm not saying we should all be like that, simply giving some examples that stand out in our culture today that can encourage us. The good news, of course, is Jesus is with us by his spirit to help us when we're facing these situations. Here's a quote from a book by a gentleman called R.T. Kendall. Some people might have heard of him. The book is Total Forgiveness. I actually have it here on my phone, on my Kindle reader. So that's a great book. And he says this, The greater the measure of sin you must forgive, the greater measure of the spirit that will come to you. Now, God is the one who forgives sin and God is the one who remits sin. When we talk about forgiving, we're talking about forgiving what has happened to us or what we believe has happened to us. We may believe it's someone's sin against us. It might be where we've accidentally taken offence when the person didn't mean. I think you understand all of that. The point is that Holy Spirit is here to help us because this is supernatural. We can't do it ourselves. Forgiveness is actually a supernatural process. 
This is so encouraging because we all need Holy Spirit. Jesus then goes on to teach why forgiveness is important. So in the account of Matthew, at the end of what we call the Lord's Prayer, Jesus actually goes on. We often stop at about verse 13. But in verse 14, Jesus said something else that I want to touch on this morning. He said this, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now this is a challenging verse. I'm going to say that right up front. And I've been looking into that, reading up on it, and I have to say that there is no clear-cut explanation of that verse, but it is there in the Word of God. So here's a couple of possibilities. What does it mean for us this morning? We understand that Jesus died on the cross for forgiveness of all sin. But Jesus is saying, if you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. Let's look further into Matthew, because Jesus tells us a bit more about this. In Matthew 18, 23 to 35, Jesus explains the need to forgive in the parable of the unforgiving servant. Many of you are familiar with it. I'll just go over it very quickly. He said, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Jesus told the story of a servant whose master cancelled his debt from a heart of compassion. That same servant then refused to cancel a debt owed to him by one of his fellow servants and had the servant phone thrown in prison. When his master found out about it, he delivered him to the torturers or jailers until the original debt was paid. Verse 35, Jesus said, So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brothers his trespasses. This is not meant to bring condemnation. Jesus was giving an illustration and an encouragement. In this story, we are the servant, aren't we? We're the servant who was forgiven much. That's what Jesus is saying. We've been given the power to pardon just as we have been pardoned. When an earthly ruler pardons an offender, it's expected that the offender is ready to give up their old ways, isn't it? And start a fresh life. So it is with us with Jesus. We've started a fresh life with Jesus. We don't live our old life anymore. We have a new life with him. This passage shows us also that forgiveness must come from the heart. That requires an internal response, not just an outward appearance. It's a decision, yes it is. And that's where it starts. It starts with a decision. And then God helps us by his spirit to change our heart, to heal our heart and to take us forwards. God looks at our heart for no ill will, no desire for revenge and no malice. How countercultural is that in our society today? What we hear on the news is revenge. What we see on the media is revenge. What we hear is unforgiveness. We hear the words said, I will never forgive. We hear people say that. That is so, we are countercultural to that because we have the answer. We have Jesus who helps us by his spirit so that we're not stuck in that place where many people are stuck. And when they get stuck in that place, they go on a downward spiral. They can't move forwards, they can't get on with their lives. You may know people like that. They're stuck in this place. And it's a, not a healthy place to be, and it's not a place from which you can grow. It's a place where you open your life to the adversary, basically, and you don't want that. God wants us to seek the welfare of all including those who may have offended or hurt us. It doesn't come naturally to our fallen nature, our humanity. But with the help of Holy Spirit, our hearts can change. The main point of this passage is this. Forgiving others is the expected response of we who have been forgiven by God. 
who have been redeemed from the debt to God of our own sin. I feel that the more we become aware of how much God has redeemed us from, how much he loves us and how much he has forgiven us, the more we become aware of that, the more we fall to our knees before him. And the more we see him first before we see the other things. Now, it's not easy. I'm not suggesting it's easy. But I am encouraging us because I feel that's what God wants to do this morning. Keep our eyes on him and allow him to work in our hearts, allow him to work in our lives and leave it to him to work in the lives of others. We can't change another person. How many know that? You can't change anybody, but God can. He can change. So we can look at it this way. Every sin is a debt to God who is not our equal. He is the master in the parable. And this is important that we remember that we are his servant. He is the master. So we obey the master. We follow the master. Therefore, Jesus is saying in this parable that we're not to be like the unforgiving servant, but rather be like our master, Jesus. So forgiveness heals the hurt, takes away the sting of the hurt. It puts this to death, never to torment our lives again. As we die to our own will and our own emotions and surrender all to Jesus, we're on a path to freedom from anything that wants to hold us and keep us captive because it is a place of captivity when we focus on that rather than focusing on Jesus. One commentary I read suggested this. Is it possible that those that do not forgive others have never truly repented of their own sin nor truly believed the gospel? That's really talking about people who refuse to forgive, not people who want to forgive and might be finding it difficult or challenging. It's not talking about that. But those who put up this hard wall, the I will never forgive and choose to live by that, that is what is being talked about here. It's possible in our own lives that we may not have yet surrendered everything to Jesus. And that's part of the process of discipleship. It's part of our growing. It's part of our healing. It's part of what we all experience while we're on this earth. But who are we following? We're following Jesus. There's no condemnation here. We can be in a place of being tortured in our souls because of what has happened. But Jesus is showing us how to be free. There's no condemnation intended here, but a clear picture of the path that Jesus wants us to follow. Paul in Ephesians 4.32 encourages us also, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. This is the, um, you know, Paul is talking here to people who are following Jesus. This is not new to you, but I feel that we're to be encouraged this morning. Paul in Colossians 3.13 says, Bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. So there are times when we simply choose to forgive even if we don't understand, and trust God, trust God to do the rest. It's a walk of faith and it's a walk of trust. We don't have to understand everything. And that's one of the traps that we can fall into. We don't understand, we don't, there's the whys, the this, the why. But in that place, we don't have to understand because Jesus does. He knows everything. He knows everything, he knows all the things. Who is it who hangs around wanting to rob and steal and destroy? Satan. Who is it who feeds our minds with torment and steals our peace? Satan. Who is it who wants to entrap our minds and keep us in that place and hold us down, stop us from going forwards? 
So that's the jailer in the parable. And we are trapped in our minds. We're trapped in our emotions. And as I said, I know people who are trapped in that place, and you may too. And it's a very sad thing to see. So we're encouraged to be quick to forgive, quick. Stay away from the traps of the devil, the jailer in the story of the unforgiving servant. It's a quick decision, I forgive. Not forgiving can also be a hindrance to answered prayer as God's will is for forgiveness. Finally, we are called to live as God's restored people. That's who we are. We are restored in Christ. Jesus is the answer and the only answer to the world's problems. Jesus is the only answer to our problems. There's no other way. As a disciple of Jesus, we're called to live as a redeemed person. That includes being quick to forgive. Let's have a look at what Jesus did. Jesus forgave Peter for denying him three times. So you'll remember that the night before Jesus died when he was arrested, sorry, before he was arrested, Peter denied Jesus three times. How did Jesus feel, I wonder? He was human. He'd spent three years. And there he was saying, I never knew him. Completely dissociated himself from Jesus. I wonder how Jesus felt. He finished up alone in that garden in the end. So he knows what it's like also. He knows what it's like for us. He knows what it feels like. He understands that. So in John chapter 21, verses 14 and 15, we see Jesus restore Peter and begin to speak destiny into Peter's life. Peter was restored, wasn't he? Became a powerful witness for Jesus, a preacher of the gospel and a great leader in the early church. So it is with you and I. We can be God's witness to others that God has a destiny for them also. I love the prayer that Jesus prayed on the cross. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's a great prayer. Sometimes that's what we pray. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. We're called to do good. That includes exercising that great gift that we can give to another, which releases others than yourself. So finally, we're going to start finishing on this. We're called to imitate God. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Now, I know for some people this is seeming like a very, very big step. just want to reiterate that what the Lord is saying this morning is this is the path to follow. Follow me down this path. That's what he's saying this morning. Not jump hurdles, not try to jump to the top of the mountain, which can seem insurmountable for some of us. But he's saying, follow me down this path. This is the way to go. Choose carefully who you'll imitate. This is the essence of discipleship and it's how we learn because God is the one who calls us to forgive. Forgiveness is the balm that heals and brings peace, enabling moving parts to work together again, be that families, workplaces, churches, anywhere. It's the healing balm of the spirit that flows through our lives and flows around our lives. Sometimes you need help. And sometimes it's necessary to come to someone who's appropriate in your life to help you through that process. Forgiveness sets us free from the snares of the enemy to keep us in bondage to him. You see, what the adversary wants to do, what Satan wants to do, is to keep you in bondage to him through these things. Who's the one who sets us free? Jesus. 
Deception keeps us trapped in our own belief systems and therefore trapped in the devil's schemes because he wants us to believe all these things and wants us to believe that there's no hope. Wants us. God knew from the beginning that humans would fall for the deception of the serpent in the garden and this continues today. Deception we know is rampant in our society, isn't it? So the biggest fight for us today is the fight in our own hearts over who is king. Is it Jesus or is it me? And it's a struggle. But, you know, we're not on our own. And that's what God's saying this morning. We are not on our own. He is here with us, each and every one of us, to help us. So what can we do about this? Well, we can pray daily as Jesus has taught us. There's a reason why that model prayer has the elements in it that are in there. There's a reason for that. So we accept that and we understand that. If we don't understand it, we simply receive it through faith. Why? Because Jesus said so. Sometimes there's no other reason other than Jesus said so. And often that's the case in our faith walk. Often that's the case. We say, yet Jesus, you said so. Out of faith, I believe it and I trust you. This can be any area of our faith walk. That has been the case, I know, in my life many times. Later on, you may understand better or he may give you revelation. But we take the first step to say, yes, Jesus, I trust you. Ask for his help. He already knows. He understands. He's lived on this earth as we do. Read the word. Meditate. Pray on it. Immerse yourself in the love of God. Remember these four perspectives. And I think we have some slides for these. Thank you so much, Jack and Joshua. Remember that we are called to love as Jesus does. Remember that Jesus died for all sin. Remember that forgiveness is central in God's kingdom and that we can choose today to live as a restored person because that's who you are. You are a restored person with a destiny. Look at Peter. Look at his journey. And in that moment, he denied Jesus. Look how Jesus restored him. Look how he used him. God is a God who restores. He's not a God who condemns. God wants to restore lives. He wants to build us up, not condemn us. He calls us to be who He says we are, who He intended us to be. These things that we go through, they can distract us and they can trap us. But Jesus has shown us the way to continue to follow Him and not be caught in those traps. Jesus wants us all to become the person that he's called us to be. And you are amazing people. You are all becoming who God has called you to be. We are all becoming those people as long as we're on this earth. It's never finished. But what I want to say is the heart of God is not to condemn. Jesus wants you to be free. This is why he taught us this path. So that you can be free, not caught up, not bound up. Be free to move on and become who God has called you to be. It's a glorious future. And we remember our eternal future, which is way beyond this earth. God is leading you forwards to a glorious future, an amazing future. Only Jesus can change our hearts as we open up our hearts to Jesus and allow Him to take away those things. We may have fallen into the hands of the jailer. Well, he's been defeated on the cross. Jesus is here to set us free from those things.
We can ask God now, is there anyone I need to forgive? Come before him and pray just as Jesus taught us to pray. Sometimes forgiving ourselves can be the hardest. I know sometimes people struggle with that. There are times when I've struggled with that. We do. But Jesus wants us to know this morning that that's not a struggle that he wants us to have. And the way we overcome that struggle is to immerse ourselves in the love of God because God says that you are so valuable. He loves you so much that he reached out that you and I would have relationship with him. Jesus is at work by the power of his spirit, doing what he does best. In his story and our story of love, death, forgiveness and redemption. Sometimes you may feel that your life has fallen into the wrong hands. Our response can be, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I'm going to pray. Can we pray? Lord, I thank you. Thank you for your truth, Jesus. We thank you that we are called to follow you. And Lord, you have opened the way. Help us by your spirit to keep our eyes on you to keep our hearts open towards you. Lord, would you help us see what we need to see? Lord, would you, as we open our hearts to you, Lord, would you heal our hearts, Lord? Would you begin to touch those areas, Lord? Lord, thank you that you are the one who sets us free, Lord. We thank you for that, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for freedom. Lord, that we do not belong to the jailer in any part of our soul. Jesus, we belong to you. So Jesus, we come before you. And Father, as you have sent Jesus, Father, we ask your forgiveness, Lord, in any areas, Lord, that we know about, even those we don't know about. And sometimes there are areas we don't know about, but we still say, Father, forgive us as we choose to forgive others. We thank you for the great gift of Jesus. The great gift of Jesus. I feel that there's three areas this morning that uh, the Lord wants to touch. I feel that there are people, they may be in here or they may be online, that you've experienced broken promises. So Lord, we thank you that where promises have been broken, Lord, your promises are greater. Lord, we thank you that you restore what has been broken, what has been lost. You restore what has happened in those circumstances, Jesus. We thank you for that. The second area I feel is that there may be people who feel that they've been wrongly blamed by others. Lord, we know that you know the truth. And Lord, we place our trust in you this morning, Jesus. We choose to forgive in this moment, Lord. And Lord, we know that you are the one who works in all lives in your timing. But right now, Lord, right now, we surrender to you.
And for those who are finding it difficult to forgive yourself, the Lord is saying rejoice. He's saying rejoice, be free. Rejoice, be free. I came, I sent my son. You don't need to carry this anymore. Lord, the weights of heaviness, the weights of those things, Lord, I thank You. Thank You, Jesus, that You lift them off now. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. He's good. He is good. He is good. He is always good. Just want to reiterate that this is not intended to create condemnation or heaviness. Feel the Lord wants to really emphasise that. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And the Lord wants to encourage you as you can encourage others. You know the truth. You can encourage others around your life, others in your family. So Lord, we thank you for that this morning. We thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name. Sam, I feel we should respond. Can we do? Can we just respond, I think, in just one last worship, then I'm going to hand back to Kelly. Let's just say to the Father, you are our Father. Can we do that? Come on, let's do that. And I feel that as we do that, just feel everything's going to lift off. Thank you, Lord. As we respond in praise, breakthrough is going to come in some areas. So can we do that just for a moment? Then I'm going to... Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.